So let's go ahead. I'm going to do the introduction, then we'll jump into the conversation. There you go. Uh, all right. Good evening. Welcome to The Tea. The Tea is a podcast where I bring people together where we can talk, engage in conversation, and hopefully at the end of the conversation, you'll be so made, motivated and activated you want to go out and make a change in life or just be inspired because you learned something today. This podcast is a podcast series where I'm, I've called it a conversation, a candid conversation with a candidate. Um, I've been reaching out to people here in Fort Wayne because I'm running for uh, city council at large. And I just want to talk about what your expectations are of your local council person. I want to learn about you and um, why you live here in the Summit City and, you know, what's it been like and what, what have you gotten from city council or what haven't you gotten for count, um, from city council here in Fort Wayne. So again, thank you for joining me this evening and let's jump into this conversation. How are you doing, sir? Well, first of all, uh, Michelle, I just want to say thank you, and I'm delighted, uh, honored um, to be able to, you know, to be on this podcast podcast with you. I um, obviously, you know, that I'm a Fort Wayne native uh, and all of that, but you know, I wanted to take this opportunity to say congratulations on your uh, recent marriage, and uh, uh, I, I know the both of you and. I'm excited yeah. and wish you the best. And yeah. before we even get started, I wish you the best with your campaign. I um, have a, uh, admire you and have the utmost respect for your and your courage and your zeal, uh, you know, your gregarious attitude towards uh, uh, even approaching uh, getting into politics. I, you know, we've known each other for some years. And yeah. You grow. And uh, uh, I, I just, I, I just think it's it's wonderful uh, to have someone like you in the Summit City uh, pressing uh, the uh, envelope uh, on behalf of those individuals that share your same goals and aspirations. And I look forward to getting into that as we uh, get into this conversation. I've got a lot of questions. Uh, okay. Just you know, just kind of, I have a question. Uh, just mm-hmm. for the sake of making sure that not only myself but anyone listening understands truly exactly, you know, what you're running for, what's the office, terms, uh, uh, the scope, and the range of, of, of your office. So if you don't mind, uh, I'd like to just say, okay, you are running for which office? Okay, thank you. That's a great question. I am running for city council at large. In the city of Fort Wayne, there are nine council seats, six of which are distinguished council district areas, geographical areas. So you have council districts one through six. The other remaining seats are at large, which means you represent the entire city. Although you are at large, you don't have any more voting power than the city council people who represent a specific geographical area. The responsibility of city council is to manage the dollars taken in from the homeowner's property taxes annually, which takes care of the city's infrastructure, the public safety, which covers the police department and the fire department, and any other dollars that the city brings in, possibly from grants from the federal and state level. So as a city council person, you have 
the responsibility of managing those dollars. And while you're managing those dollars, having a goal to meet the needs of the constituents, as well as making sure that the city is fiscally strong so that as it grows, as we're growing, we're experiencing this momentum that 10 years from now that we're still fiscally sound. And that comes from being involved in educating and having a true understanding of the growth that's happening um, within the city. That's one thing that um, encouraged me to run for local office here in Fort Wayne because I have an extensive 25 year public service uh, career. I worked um, in economic development, community development, human services and redevelopment. So I have a large scope of skills and knowledge that would be instrumental in being a fiscally um, sound and strong councilwoman for Fort Wayne. We have momentum going, but if Mm -hmm. we're not strategic in the management of those dollars, that momentum could slow and not be in our favor. And, And besides, you know, bringing all that practical work experience to the table, I would like to be able to create a uh, inclusiveness and in thought, um, inclusiveness and collaborative spirit to governing our city. You know, as you know, right now for the last, I believe, eight years, is it? Well, at least, at least four, the mm-hmm. council has um, only had um, nine gentlemen on council that is currently um, controlled by Republicans. And I always tell people, you know, I am a Democrat, you know, happily so. I always come from a Democrat family, but it's really not about party. It really is about the people. You know, I I would definitely. hmm? I said, I agree. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I would be that councilwoman who's willing and wanting to work across party lines for the good of the people willing and wanting to work with our mayor. Uh, the mayor has, you know, done considerably well, considering uh, this would be his fourth term, that he's had a Republican-controlled city council thus far. Right. But he's still gotten things done, but it's still been a challenge. But outside of, you know, the mayor's accomplishments, I feel that we just need um, inclusivity in our thoughts and our processes. And I just, I, I know and I'm confident that I could be that voice for those who are not at the table or feel like that they don't have the uh, appropriate representation speaking to what their desires and needs are for our city. Mm-hmm. So that, that it's a four year term. It's a four year term. How many, how many at large seats are up for election uh, in this upcoming election in September? There is seats? one um, May 7th primary. And then uh, you're right. And I, um, there's one seat. Uh, Councilman Crawford a Republican is currently running for mayor. So there is technically one open seat and right. two incumbents who are Republicans. You have, right. the way it works is you have, right now there are five Republicans and five Democrats that are working to get through the primary because the top three vote getters on May the 7th, those mm-hmm. will be the three on each ticket, Democrat, you have three Republicans and three Democrats who will move forward to the general election and right. the top three vote getters, whether Republican or Democrat, that's who will be the, uh, the winners. Mm-hmm. So those, the top three vote getters, whether they are Democrat or Republican will be listed on the ballot come November. 
Right. You'll have three Republicans and you'll have three Democrats. So you technically. November ballot is what you're saying. Yes. Yep. Listed on okay. November ballot. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you'll have six individuals vying for three at large seats, two right. of which now, are incumbents. In the primary, it's my understanding that if you are uh, listed as a uh, Republican or a Democrat, you have, can only vote for those uh, at-large council members uh, uh, on your, uh, uh, that are in your Democratic Party. So in the that's first- good. Yeah, you're right. That's good, Cliff. That's, that's a good acknowledgement. That's a little disheartening. You have to select your party in the right. primary. But in the right. general, you can vote across party lines. But in the primary, you have to vote your, your Democratic, um, I mean, excuse me, your, your party affiliation. Okay, so how many people on the Democratic Party and on the Republican Party are vying for the Republic? Excuse me, vying for the at-large uh, 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 vote uh, for in, in the primary? How many? How, how many five, Democrats? How, how many, five, five on each ticket. Five Republicans, five Democrats are vying for the at-large seats, the three at-large seats to get through the primary. So, but there's only one at-large seat available. Technically, yes. I mean, you know, we with the assumptions that the incumbents will win. So in no, in November, mm-hmm. there will be six different people that you can vote for for the one at-large seat that's available. Is that correct? That is correct. That is correct. Okay. Could, yeah, that is correct. I mean, I mean, I mean let's say this. There is one open seat, definitely. There are two incumbents running. So there's technically three seats open for people to, um, to vote for, three Republicans or three Democrats. But one is vacant. There is actually one opening because right. two, yeah. of the, two have, of the three, yeah. You're going to have six people on a November ballot that are vying for one seat. They're vying for three, but I mean, not to do apples and oranges, but yes, they're vying tech. They're vying for one open seat. And if the Democratic Party, they would have to flip the other two seats because those two seats are going to be incumbents that are running again. So, the, so they're actually running. I guess what I'm trying to find out is, uh, could there possibly be three different at large uh, winners in November. Yes. Okay. All right. So, 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 uh, see. The, and this I is guess, good that we're having this dialogue because a lot of people are confused. Right. And people. And, a lot of people are, and this is why it's good that we're drilling down on this so people understand. A lot of times, people don't understand that you have three votes. You literally, as a voter, can vote for three candidates three different you don't only candidates. you can vote in for november, three different candidates in november you can vote for three different candidates because there is literally three different seats up for grab yes 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 good job. yes exactly that that's excellent okay so let's now that we've established that um mm-hmm. you know let's just focus on you i don't want to talk about other candidates and what they bring to the table or what history or anything like that. Let's talk about Michelle Chambers and let's drill down as to uh, what 
Michelle, Michelle Chambers sees as uh, the top three issues that need to be addressed as, as per Michelle Chambers. Let's not talk about nobody else. I mean, I want to talk about you. I've got some, that will, I mean, I've got some, some interests that I want to bring up here later on in the podcast. But right now, let's talk about what Michelle brings to the table and what Michelle is going to do for Fort Wayne or, or what is going to be her bell, 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 bell ringer. You know, what, right. what do you stand for? Well, the first thing is for me, economic development and approaching that, what I call using a human services uh, term, wraparound services for economic development, meaning the first thing that I want to address, and a lot of people have been pushing me away from saying it out loud, but it's my truth and this is what I believe. I have a great concern about the income disparity that's happening nationally and specifically as well here in Indiana. What does that mean to me? I would like for us to be able to um, begin to do a study on and working with businesses on raising the minimum wage here locally. Now understand this is a state level issue by law. The law can only be changed at the state level, which legislators have been working for the last two years to raise our minimum wage. What I would like for us to do is to partner with local corporations and businesses here on them taking the initiative, taking the, the lead of Target, who recently raised their entry um, hourly wage to $12 an hour. I would like to work in partnership with businesses and changing their minimum entry uh, wage level from minimum wage and what that looks like based on the size of the corporation or the business or the small, I'm a small business owner. So, you know, my requirements will be different than somebody who has 500 employees. Right. I'm just very concerned about the income disparity um, within the Alice report. And there's some other studies that show that in the state of Indiana, a single person making minimum wage cannot even afford to rent a one bedroom apartment. So that's one of the things that I want to work on within my first year, working on that income disparity and how we can work in partnership with businesses here to raise that um, entry level uh, minimum wage when people begin to work for them. Secondly, keeping with the concept of wraparound economic development, I want to be able to leverage uh, our public dollars when the city enters into contracts with developers or people bringing in restaurants or whatever it may be, that we have a local hire initiative with teeth, that you make a commitment that at a minimum leave that 10% of your workforce is from the Allen County area, that it, minimally, you know, we want to be able to position um, our constituents here to be able to take full advantage of those public-private partnerships that we have going. So I want to build on that again, working with the business community and um, guaranteeing that they will make a, a great effort to hire locally. And the third thing that I want to do, and, and people haven't quite bought into it, but I, I believe that we are the city of churches. We are a, a faith-believing city. I would like to develop a clergy council, non-denominational, of all to all faiths, where we gather and we talk with these different faith leaders to find out what their concerns are from their constituency. We do have our local 
um, monthly quadrant meetings that are mostly headed by um, presidents of homeowners associations. But I want to be able to make sure that we're hearing from all people. So if we have a handle on our constituents' needs, that way we can make sure that we are on task in our economic development issues. So that, that's a really big thing for me. Besides economic development, I want to continue to grow our public safety. A city that is growing, we have to have a strong police force as well as a strong fire department because you have growth. And with growth, public safety needs to grow with it along with it. And customarily, you know, um, we come up short in reference to being able to properly find that fund those departments. The departments have been doing a great job getting additional dollars from the federal level, you know, to bring in new police officers and firemen and equipment and things of that nature. I want to reinforce that and create a grant writing unit that's dedicated to going and looking for additional grant dollars to subsidize, you know, the entire um, budget of the city, a dedicated staff that, um, are out there looking for those grant dollars at the federal and state level so we can fill in those gaps where we, where we fall short. And then another thing for me is government transparency. Although this is a part-time position, I would absolutely treat it as a full-time position. I am a, a business owner. I will be meeting with um, constituents quarterly. Four times a year, I'll go throughout the four quadrants and have large community meetings. They're not scripted. We're just going to have a dialogue. Gonna wanna, I want to keep abreast of what's going on, what, their, what their, our needs are to help uh, better our communities. And um, I will keep people informed, you know, social media. You know, I will definitely have, I've, I've never stopped running for office. I've, I've kept my campaign page up all this time and it'll be switched over to a councilwoman's page. I'll always keep our constituents in the know and keeping them informed on what's going on. So my thing as a councilwoman, full and comprehensive economic development, making sure that we are subsidizing and getting those additional dollars to support our public safety and making sure that we're having government transparency by having those meetings out in the community, having office hours. So although it's part-time, I would absolutely treat it as a full-time position. Terrific. Okay, uh, let's um, turn to some of the issues that you see in Wayne and uh, that need to be addressed, for instance, you know, we, you, you touched on crime, you know, uh, from a, uh, there was a report out, uh, I think over a week ago or so that, you know, talked about the, uh, the drop in the homicide rate and talked mm -hmm. about some other crime that has, uh, uh, you know, been on the down, uh, you know, it's, it's not as much, it's not as much as it was a year before. So mm -hmm. that being said, what do you think are some of the uh, attributes that are contributing to this uh, uh, drop in crime, so to speak, which is a broad stroke? Uh, right, right. What, what do you see uh, as positive and negatives that uh, need to be maybe shored up or, or may, may not be uh, exactly what is what it looks like on the surface? Well, I feel like I'm, that if we're having a drop in crime right now is one, because it has to do with the policing, our police force. Absolutely. But I feel that there is a spirit and an energy, although not perfect. I believe that 
community is working more in concert with the police officers. You know, there's a culture of, you know, it's frowned upon to what they say, don't be a snitch. You know, but I think that parents and community members are tired of that attitude. And I believe that they are beginning to work in concert with our police force. We still absolutely have unsolved murders, but we are solving more murders. And I think that one of my uh, things that I would like to see is to have more more community involvement from our police force. I know that they've been working um, uh, intimately with the Boys and Girls Club. Joe Jordan are doing a great uh, job with their Blue Bucket program, raising money for dollars for programming for our children. I would love to see more of our police officers living in the communities that they that they police in, having more police officer community drop-in centers so we can begin to, you know, when you and I were growing up, you know, we didn't look at the police as the enemy. You know, we knew that was so-and-so's father, you know, that was so-and-so's grandfather or uncle, you know, getting back to a, more of a partnership and not an enemy mentality. So I believe if we continue to work with the leadership at the police department and look at those, it's nothing really new. Maybe get back to some old school ways of working together in the community with the police officers. I think that would be very impactful. And, I, and then additionally, I think that, you know, this, this crime rate, I think there's just a, a large uh, spirit of hopelessness in our male community. So I would really like to be able to build upon those junior relationships and getting our boys, our, our unemployed African-American males and brown boys, Latino boys um, employed and union trade, skilled trades. My father was a plumber. You know, he had an eighth grade, grad, um, eighth grade education, but what ended up being a journeyman plumber of the three of my three brothers. One brother took on that trade and has a substantially successful plumbing company in Atlanta now. But he was my father was um, mentored by a local plumber here. It started here back in the 70s. That's how he became a plumber. So I believe that, you know, when you have gainfully employed young adults, I believe that would help to also lower our crime rates because that spirit of helplessness is being is dwindled away when you can come home and feed your families legally. You know, you're earning a good living and you can take care of your family and take care of yourself. And you don't feel so desperate to do things that definitely don't work in your favor. And we also have to take a look at mental health. A lot of our young people are going undiagnosed with mental health issues. So as a city that doesn't necessarily fall directly in our wheelhouse, but begin to partner with those nonprofits that get funding and help them get additional funding dollars to be able to service our mentally ill. That's, that's just a really big thing that um, is hurting um, our underserved communities, mental health issues. And, and you know, I would like to see uh, more politicians address these issues at that level. I mean, you know, I, I see what Amelia is doing. Well, uh, you know, what they're doing with, uh, uh, you know, the push to bring to the forefront um, the suicide rate in mm -hmm. mm -hmm. cultures across the board. Uh, you know, the, the mental health issue is huge. Uh, it is. It's, it's huge so much so to the point that, you know, there are so many sick people out here, including, uh, you know, the, the whole stigma about going to talk to a counselor. Uh, you know, those walls have to be addressed. And I don't know if that's something that's addressed at the political level, but it certainly warrants uh, attention because, you know, you're only as good as the weakest link. 
Exactly. You know, it's, it's about bringing awareness. You know, I'm very much intimately involved with the mental health community because several of my family members, my mother, um, she suffers with um, depression and bipolar and early Alzheimer's and dementia, but had gone undiagnosed for, for, for so many years. So mental health is just, it's, yeah, it's really heavy on my heart and my brain. And I know how difficult it is the, to maneuver the system and trying to get help and because of the cutbacks and people being underinsured, it's um, it really has to be addressed at the federal, state and local levels. We really have to collaborate and work together. But it's it's a serious issue that takes all hands on that on deck to deal with. Absolutely. Well, let me ask you this. Getting back to the campaign. Mm -hmm. If you were voted into office. What would your first if you could bring an issue to the fore, what would that be? The first thing I would want to do, if especially if we were able to gain control when a Democratic uh, councils began to reinstate, reinstate collective bargaining for city employees, um, they lost that about four years, five years ago now. And I'm a I'm a union I'm a union. I'm a public servant union covered bargaining girl, and I believe in collective bargaining. That would be one of the first things I would begin to advocate for and to work on. And secondly, I would I would come out the box wanting to drill down on those partnerships and working on what we can do to raise the minimum wage locally. I'm very much aware that it is a state regulated situation, but how can we begin to work in partnership with local businesses? And then thirdly, I would want to drill down on all of the committees and commissions and see how those are um, seated at this moment. I would love to be able to bring in diversity in planning and uh, economic development, legacy boards, really begin to look at those boards and make sure that we have a cross representation of community uh, members on those different boards and commissions. That's very important that you have inclusivity and diversity on those decision-making panels. So those would be the three things that I would begin to work on within my first year. All right, let's, let's back up to the first one. You mm -hmm. talked about uh, reinstating collective bargaining. Let's drill down and give me a quick elevator answer to what is collective bargaining. Collective bargaining is a, a union and it has junior representation for employees that work in the city of Fort Wayne. It is a, it is a, a unit that protects your human services, your work, your right to work in the workforce. Okay. It protects the employee, okay. you know, making sure that you're work, not working out of classification, being compensated properly, making sure that you're not, you know, being bullied on the job by a supervisor or anything like that. I've, I've had There's in your, the last I, I understand that. Now, are you speaking specifically collective bargaining for city employees or yes. bargaining for employees across the board in various uh, uh, other uh, uh, types of uh, businesses? No, just for the city, because that's, okay. you know, I'm a city council. I would be a city councilwoman, but I would want to yeah. come in and work with those city employees um, and helping that get reinstated. But we would have to have the numbers at the table. We'd have to have at least have of the nine seats, we would have to have five yes votes on that. So I would work diligently to help try to get that reinstated. There are nine 
Um, what is the split for the, the, the party split for the current council? Right now you have seven Republicans and two Democrats. So you would have to get a uh, four Democratic swing to even be able to have a chance to even bring this to the floor. Three. We would need to get three more Democrats on. Three more. I mean, granted that the two that are on, they don't, you know, go away. So we, that'd be, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, the term of Glenn's High, Glenn High's is coming up. Mm-hmm. So that would have to be replaced with the Democratic person as well, right? And Sharon, Sharon Councilwoman Sharon Tucker is running for that seat. And I am 99.9. You, you can't outwork her. I am confident that she will be the councilwoman for Council District 6. Uh, Jeff Paddock, strong Democrat, had that seat for a while. I'm confident that he will um, remain hit, retain his seat as well. So we need to get three more Democrats in. And we have a strong down ticket right now running. And I feel that we could pick up three more seats Okay, confidently. Mm-hmm. Now, you think that'll be done at the at-large level? Or will it be done at the district level? I believe that we will be able to um, get two at the at-large level. I mean, I want three because, like, again, the at-large ticket is going to be really, really strong, I believe, you know, once we get out the primary. We have the – put it this way, Cliff. We have the capacity to flip the council if we get out and vote. That's why we have to have a a strong Go TV get out the vote campaigns for the next six months after we get out of this primary we, we we just have to get the folks to the poll. This is why we have a, if you look at the number, I think 22% of the folks are coming out to vote in the general. And it might be even lower in the primary, which is really scary. So outside of, you know, you're running your campaign, you're trying to educate people on the importance of getting out the vote. So it's a two-way train that you're, you're, um, you're on. You're trying to educate people about you, the candidate, but also educate people and get people registered about voting. So, yeah. If we wanted to get more information before we even, uh, before I forget, you know, where can we get more information about your campaign and stay up to date on your campaign? Great question and great way to wrap it up because we hit our 30 minute mark. But you can always stay up to date on my campaign at my website at michellechambers.info on my social media handles on Instagram is votechambers. Twitter, Vote Chambers, and on Facebook, Michelle Chambers for City Council. I'm continuously updating that um, information. You know, Cliff, this was a great uh, conversation. I I got interviewed by you, which is great. You asked some really (laughs) wonderful questions. And I think that when people listen to our conversation, I think they're going to be activated because we got them engaged and breaking down what City Council is about breaking down what my goals are you you i appreciate you you're good at this you're really good at this <laughs> do you have any other questions or anything you would like to close with we're running long on time maybe when we get closer maybe we can circle back and do this again oh absolutely absolutely um i will have it posted for uh the eight o'clock hour i will tag you on facebook is that okay if i tag you on facebook and what i'll do is i'll put it out to my folks as well uh maybe hey. we you show me how to do that, okay? <laughs> I will. I sure will. So I appreciate you and um, be well. And I, this was just a great conversation. So thank you for joining us on the T where we work to talk, engage, and activate our community. Have a great evening. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye.